Let me ask y'all a question. How many of you have thought about the Lord returning through all this? Is anybody? I mean, I want you to like, I'm tired of seeing empty chairs. So if you're alive in here, I want you to respond today, all right? I, I need some love. I'll take a honk, man. Uh, that, I'll take that. So everybody here, either you're honking just so you can be heard or you've really thought about it. You've thought about uh, this being a time when the Lord could come back. And, and I say it every week. I know I do. But I want to share with you for just a few minutes about a man in the Bible that he's talked about a lot. But this particular man is also, um, he, he's also one that can identify with suffering. If I ask you to raise your hand or honk again, you would. If you have felt some kind of suffering in the past two months because of all this, because you have. If it's nothing but trying to teach your children at home, you've suffered. Amen, you have. Listen, if you've tried to find toilet paper, you've suffered. Amen. Yes, if you've, if you've, if you've, if you've tried to do something with your own hair. You and everybody else have suffered. Amen. Yes, yes. Praise God. Bless them, Jesus. Amen. Listen, but I want to talk to you for just a minute about a man named Job. And you know, we all want the blessing that Job got in the end. Everybody does. If you take a poll anywhere, Anybody that knows about Job and how he ended up, he had twice as much. Everybody wants the blessing, but nobody wants the burden that Job had. Nobody, because that man went through some stuff. And um, I, I heard John Maxwell say one time, a long time ago, uh, he talked about a guy that said, I, I want to do what you do. I speak to millions of people and all this. I don't know if he wanted to do the evangelistic part, but he just wanted... And so John says, he asked this young man a question. He said, you want to do what I, I do, but are you willing to do what I did? And see, a lot of people, they want, they want the blessing of God, especially right now. We, we want assurance that God's going to meet needs. He's going to fix it all. It's all going to get better. But a lot of us are guilty, and we can't help it. It's human nature, and you have to fight against it. We're guilty, and we just, we just want to have it without any type of, you know, in the weight room, there used to be signs. I used to look at weight room pictures, and one would say, no pain, no, no gain. And that's so true in the life of a believer. A lot of people, they, they want to just cut to the chase of everything God has but, but they, don't, they don't want to pay the price. Job was a man that actually paid the price. And listen to me. By paying the price and living right, giving right, doing right, he got attacked right. He really did. In fact, most of you know the, the, the story, but, but God allowed Satan to touch everything in his life down to his body. And Job remained faithful. And I want to read a few of those scriptures that talk about that story. And 
you can follow along today. We don't have it for you. We will next week, if the Lord willing. But I, I want you to do this. If, if you have your phone or something and you got our app, the Version Bible app, I want you to go to the book of Job because I want you to be able to follow. We're going to be in, in chapter 1, and then we're going to go all the way to chapter 40. We, we have a few verses, but not a lot. And I want you to be able to uh, make sure that you remember this. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all, speaking of his children. For Job said, check this out, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is one of the things I don't get. I don't understand everything in the Bible. This is one of them right here I'm about to read. So while the angels, angels were there, Satan answered the Lord because he was there too. And the Lord said to Satan, where you come from? And Satan, he answered and said to the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a blameless, blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? And the devil went on to say, well, God's got a hedge around him. He went on to say, well, he, he's just blessed. You take care of him. He's doing that because you've hooked him up with all these blessings and all these uh, animals, and you just really blessed him. You've made him real popular and famous. And God said, that ain't it. That ain't it. A lot of good people sitting in front of me right now, and you didn't come to church today because you had to. You came because you wanted to, but you came because you loved God. And I bet you that a lot of you came this morning not only loving God, but you also maybe even didn't feel like it. But you love God, and you knew God made this day, and this was the very least you could do. Amen. And this is where Job found himself. He did all the right things. And 
the devil thought, or he, he really knew, I believe, but he thought it was just because God was blessing them. But God says, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. He's doing this because he really loves me. And see, I will stop for just a minute and say that everything you do for the Lord, it needs to be filtered through the lens of loving Jesus. Somebody asked me about setting all this, and somebody was making a, a, a positive but a joke about it uh, a day or so ago and uh, about doing it outside and all. And I said, I, I, I don't want to have service outside until we can have service the way multitudes is used to having service outside. So we did everything short of putting the stage up. And, you know, I thought about it. And then I even told somebody uh, in the past day, or I may, I may have said it to Angie early this morning. I said, you know, we're doing everything that we're doing. We're not doing it, and don't take this wrong, we're not doing it for the church. Because the church sometimes treats things like this optional. Well, I don't have to. I can stay at home. I'm used to staying at home. I got an excuse. Well, we pretty much did away with all those today because you can sit across the street and hear on the radio, but still be here. And I'm not trying to bring that up. That's not what I'm saying. My point is, we did all this. I, I did what I did, and others did what they did, because we love the Lord. It doesn't have anything to do with what God has done for us. We do this because we owe this to God. It's our reasonable service. And so... Job did this, and there are some lessons that I want to just bring out to you real quick about these nine scriptures that I just read to you, and you just listen, okay? You can go back later and record them. Uh, I mean, watch watch the on demand. You can watch the message and write them down, but I just want you to listen because I'm going to go through them very quick, and there's some things that I am trying to learn during this, this whole crisis that, that I'm learning from Job. The first thing was Job was blameless and upright. Now, you know, that, that, that uh, term blameless kind of, it explains itself uh, because if you've ever had a brother or sister or a cousin or, or a classmate gr growing up, you have been blamed before, amen? And you've blamed somebody before, amen? So you know what the word blame means. But now upright, I, I'm going to give it to you at the Opie Dictionary, all right? And it ain't available on Amazon. It, it's just not there. But when I think of the word upright, I think of somebody that's not laying down. They're standing upright. I, when somebody's laying down, I think of somebody dead. Job was blameless, and he was, he was not a dead man. He was upright. He did things right, you know. There's a show that we fall asleep by sometimes called Holmes Makes It Right. And that means he don't believe in these cut and cornered methods. It's do it right or don't do it at all. And, and Job was an upright man. The second thing was Job proved that you can be wealthy and still live holy. Anybody want to honk or amen that? Th thank you. A lot of people think if you're wealthy... You got to be a sinner. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do right. You're not gonna give right. You're not gonna live right. But there's several people in the Bible 
that God allowed them to be prosperous, and they didn't punish God for doing that by letting their wealth get in the way of their spiritual health. They live right. So Job proved that. Job also proved that his children that meant so much to him that he loved his children enough to cover them regularly. You remember the scripture I read a while ago about sacrifice? Because he said, well, you know, maybe my youngest cursed God. Maybe my youngest did something. And I just want to cover my. And this is free of charge today right here. Parents, grandparents, folks, caregivers, listen. You can do a lot of things for your children. But if you do not cover your children in prayer and living right, woe be to you. you and, it, and it's what he did. He just didn't do it with his mouth. Or tell them to go to Sunday school. Or tell them to go to church. He did this by killing oxen and sheep. And making sacrifice. Which was a gory, very dirty, time consuming thing. And the Bible says he did it regularly. Do you love your children enough to do that? We love our children enough to bounce them all over the world. And pay great money so they can be what the world has defined as great and successful. But do we love them enough? To cover them and sacrifice for them. Job also taught us this. Number four, that are we living in a way that God can recommend us? Well, I don't want to be recommended. In fact, I need to get away from that. I, I don't want to be. Sorry about that, guys. I don't want to be recommended. So that Satan can just really destroy me. I mean, we, we feel that way. I, I don't want to be recommended like that. No way, Jose. No, sir. But see, Job lived in such a way that he... Now, listen to me, because I'm going somewhere with this virus thing with this. Job lived in, a, in such a way that when the devil wanted to see just how rock-solid... God said, well, there's a man. I can, I, I can tell you right now, there's a man that I can, I can recommend because he lives blameless, he lives upright. Do, do you and I, do we live in a way that God would say, well, you better not, you better keep going right there. They're going to they're gonna drop out on the first lap. God said, you need to consider Job. He's, he's consistent, he's steady, and he was in a way that God could always recommend him. And by the way, free of charge again, listen to me. Sometimes God is not looking for somebody to recommend so the devil can destroy them and hurt them. Sometimes God's looking for somebody that's qualified themselves so he can bless them, so he can exalt them and raise them up. And Job did this. And number five, do I fear God and shun evil? These are all characteristics we're learning from Job. Do I fear God and shun evil, or do I just say, well, Lord, I'm scared of him when a thunderstorm comes up because, you know, he's got all the lightning and stuff going on. And do I shun evil, or do I flirt with it? You know, God's full of grace and mercy and all that stuff. Do, Do I flirt with it? He didn't do that. Now, as a close person with the Lord, I feel like I walk close with God. But a close walk with God is over most people's head. And what do you mean by that? Well, when all of the calamity started happening with Joseph, I mean, with, with who's this guy we're talking about? Job. It, 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 they, they start off with the same two letters. 
when, when Job began to go through this battle and this dilemma, you know what? The, the person I feel like that was probably closest to him, his wife, she said, why don't you just curse God and die? And I'm going to tell you something. I want all the young people here listening, everybody. A lot of times when you are tight with God, it's over most people's heads. It was over Job's wife's head. When you walk in a way, sometimes people don't understand. How could you be sold out? How can you go to church two or three times a week? How can you pray? I heard a great uh, testimony, and this was down away from here, a couple hours away at uh, a church at the beach. Why? Uh, someone was asking another couple, why, why do you give in the, why do you put so much money in? And then they were able to teach them a, a lesson about tithing and all. And see, a lot of times when you live close to God, it's, it goes right over the people around you that should, it goes right over their head. And this is what this man experienced. And the last thing is, is I, if I lose everything that God has done for me down to my health, Will I still praise God or will I pout? Will I praise God? And Joe said, you know, the Lord gives it. I came into this world naked and I'm going to leave this world naked and I just praise be the name of God. If you were to lose everything because of this, and I can say this because some of you may have already lost money, jobs, relationships, uh, some kind of uh, hope, some kind of future that you were planning on and it's gone now. So you've already suffered loss. Are you still willing to praise God through all this? If you flip over now, you can to the 40th chapter. You're going to find out something that I'm going to read you in just a minute. But I want want to talk for just a minute if I can. Because I can walk today. And I don't have to look at them cameras, y'all. I don't have to look at the cameras. Hey, I don't have to look at the camera. You are here, right? And it feels good. But I, I want, and, and I can get close to you without touching you too. But, but I, I want to tell you something. Because what I'm about to say, there ain't a person out here that can't identify with this. Job had three people in his life that were labeled as friends. He had three people that were labeled as friends. And I, I've got to give you the quick version of this. But what happened to Job was his friends came in the beginning and they were so moved by what was going on in his life until they got completely heartbroken. They even got speechless. The Bible says that for a period of time they came and they just sat with him and said nothing. They, they were moved that much by what happened. And they couldn't believe this. And Time went on, and that got old. Now, I'm fixing to kick it into high gear right here because some of y'all are going to want to lay on your horn until the battery goes dead, but don't do it. Or You might want to run around the parking lot. Don't do it. Just listen. But after a while, that support got old, and then them friends started finger-pointing. Well, maybe you did this. Maybe this happened. Maybe you're not... As good a uh, goody two-shoes, is that what you said? As you think you are. And they went on, and as much, much support as they brought him, they brought him even more grief, and they brought him blame. And then, in fact, the book of Job 
speaks more, more time, like 37 chapters, 38 chapters is spent off of his friends throwing mud and people doubting him and questioning him. And it affected Job after a while, and he started doing the same thing. He, he never cursed God like his wife suggested. But the Bible says that all of this happened, and, and you could tell it brought a man that was so determined it brought him down. And now you know what I mean when I say you could lay on the horn because we've all had good friends, and then we've had other people that we've said, if you what they call a friend, I don't want an enemy. Amen. They didn't do anything but bring grief into your life. They were two-faced, backstabbing, no good for nothing, self-serving. And they used you on their best day. Amen? And this is what happened with Job. And this is what God wants me to learn through this. And he wants all of us to learn through this. This is why you keep your eyes on Jesus. Doesn't matter if it's your wife or your husband or even good friends. Good friends can make you think they're all on a greyhound going to hell together, but it don't work that way. You, you'll learn and burn forever all alone. And this is what happened to Job. This affected him. It got into his spirit. And it came out of his mouth, and you've got to be careful because you are living in a pandemic-stricken earth right now that's full of so much doubt and negativity that you cannot find people speaking the good things of God either because they're, they've been pumped up with it by friends called ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CNN, and all of the websites across the world. They've been chock full of all this stuff and the only thing that comes out of their mouth is the the new death rate what's happened how bad it is oh it ain't got and you hear all these things and i'm not living in denial of this but i'm telling you you got to watch out for your friends because they will affect you they're not your friends the lord jesus is the only friend you have and the bible says he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother that's why that's the mouth. That's the, the headlines that ought to be coming out of my mouth. Because here's the deal, folks. It got so bad. And I'm not even going to be able to read these, these last scriptures. I just feel led to go where I am right here. But I want to tell you, it got so bad till Job. I know he had, it, it, it didn't come out of his mouth, but he had to question what happened with him and God. God, I did right. What about all these other bozos over here that they'd go to your temple, they'd never give, they'd never sacrifice, they let their children run wild, they wouldn't do anything, and, and here I am, and all this has happened to me, and people's asked this same question. Through all of this that's going on and is yet to be done with, it's going on up under us. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how long we're going to have to do things like this. And see, the devil is the author of confusion, folks. He'll build this thing up. He'll make it bad. He'll make it to where you hate uh, even getting around anybody. And it's amazing how, well, Walmart's not that bad, but you won't come to church. And you want me, you want me to preach right there for a minute? You want me to? All right, here it go. It ain't in the Bible, but it's in Opie. I have a problem with some of this stuff. We can't put 50 people in that building. And it takes 50 people to do all this stuff if, we, if, if everybody's participating. 
but the same 50 people that we could use in there, we can't put them in that building, but we can all go stand on the same aisle at Walmart or Lowe's and there's nothing wrong with it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a stupid man neither because I don't know what's, what you're wearing because all y'all around some foolish people every day. When you go out and you don't know, and I've said it and said it and said it. Now, that's how I feel about that. But this virus is not wearing a red cape going around with a neon sign. Here I come. Get ready. 14 days and I'm living at your house. It don't work that way, folks. And that's why New York is slammed full of refrigerated trucks because people thought it did work that way. And you could say everything you want to say about the world we're living in and the things going on. Oh, this is of the devil. Oh, no, God. You can do all, you can do all the theology you want to. You can try to make this look like the Bible. You can do all of that. And I'm not saying there's some truth everywhere. But I want you to know that if you get your mind and I get my mind off of Jesus and the fact that he's coming back and God can use this to save lost souls, then we're just distracted as the person that says there is no God. And it's, this is where we are. A lot of people are suffering right now. Perhaps there's people here that I, if I could tell you how bad it is, I would tell you how bad it is. And let me tell you about Job real quick with his three friends. It got so bad till the Bible says, if you go home and you read chapter 40, verse 1 through 7, you will find out that the King James, New King James, calls it a whirlwind. He started talking to the Lord, Job did, and then God turned right back around and started talking to Job. And he said, this is what I'm going to tell you. But what I want to leave you with this today is that Job heard from God, and the Bible says, in the eye of the storm is where God spoke to him. And we're living in a storm right now. We're living in a storm. And a lot of people, they're not... Looking for God. But you know how he heard from God in the middle of his storm? If you go back and read that, then this is, uh, in fact, let me read it, Derek. Let me, let me just read it real quick. Verse 40, this, this is when God spoke to him. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He's talking to Job. He who rebukes God let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, This is what I wanted you to hear. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm or the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question and you will answer me. When Job quit jawing with his friends and listening to his friends and he got to a place, he quit questioning and doubting God, and he started repenting. The Bible says in that storm, when he started repenting to God, that God answered Job in the storm. We're living in a storm, folks. 
And maybe you don't need to hear from God, but your children might need to hear from God. Your co-worker, your kinfolks may need to hear from God. Somebody needs to hear from God. And, and maybe if my people which are called by my name, and we can go through the list, humble, seek, pray, turn from our wicked ways, then I'll hear, and then I will heal. And I'm telling you today, a word people hate preaching, and even worse, people hate hearing, is repenting. When you print, it's like you are dating God, and you are saying sweet nothings to Him, and it brings Him in, and He says, okay, well, you're talking my language now, because you're realizing I want to get it all out of me so you can talk to me. And when we repent and say, God, listen, I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for questioning you because I lost money I lost my job now this plan I had for the summer it's gone now I was supposed to graduate this year I was supposed to walk this year I was supposed to travel this year I was supposed to start a new career this year and all of that's gone but when we just say oh God I'm sorry I repent because every day my life is in your hands and you order my steps and I repent for forgetting that and when you do that folks when you do that, when you repent, God says, okay, it's in this storm, I'll speak up. And here's what the devil don't want you to hear. When you repent and God speaks to you, he may be about to bless you more than you've ever been blessed in your life because now he sees that you walk humbly before him, you walk upright, you're willing to, you're willing to do what you need to do, and God says, okay, I can trust you all over again. So in my trial, in my affliction, in the middle of this, and I want to tell you it's all going to be better to, starting tomorrow. But it's not for the world. It's not going to be better for the world. It's not going to be better for the world six months from now. Every day you live you are one step closer to Jesus coming back. That's why we look up, our redemption draws nigh. We are not of this world. We don't live here. We are called strangers and pilgrims in the Bible. Unload the boat. Start throwing stuff off. Get rid of this life. Don't let Satan have to touch it and afflict it. I've already heard so many stories of what people have had to sell or get rid of or they've lost never to regain it back and all that. Go ahead and honor God with everything you have now before the devil takes everything you got. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to live about 100 more years. And I got a plan for that. Okay, well, go ahead and live then. And I, like I said about the virus, I want to be wise in everything. Because you know what's worse than not having anybody in that church is burying one person. Because we act stupid. And I'm saying that because it's, it's, it's that important. You, you, you're not macho, you know. We've got to be wise. God wants us to learn today that just like he did for Job, he can do for me and you. He can. He can do for us. But we've got to, we got to qualify. This is our day. Don't wait. Everybody's waiting on the great revival. I say this is the great revival. This is the great revival. 
We just think a revival is a church packed full and a preacher with brill cream in his hair with a Cadillac and a big family Bible and people doing laps and shouting into church. And that goes on for several days or weeks. That's a revival. Oh, no, it ain't. A lot of times that's a circus. Them same people I grew up with, and the next day they went out and they drank or smoked everything they could get their hands on or put it in their mouth, and they lived like hell and cussed like it too. But they were back in revival that next night. Listen, this is the revival. This is the revival, and we are to grab it by the horns and say, God, thank you for sparing me so I can be a part of this revival. So this is the day the Lord has made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. God's doing a work. Don't, don't get mad. I don't know what's going to happen to me before all this is over with. But I'm trying my best to make sure. Make sure that I do not. I do not do anything but praise God because I feel like I'm getting closer to home. I want you to close your eyes if you will. And I really want you to think about one thing that's sticking out in my mind right now, and that is, can God recommend me right now? Because, you know, that's when the Lord can recommend you for a job, it don't get any better than that. Because he's already, you know, I don't even know why the devil tried that, because the Lord said in Paul's writings that, he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. So more than he could handle was not going to come on him. I want God to be able to recommend me during this COVID-19 crisis. I want God to say, listen, I've anointed him. I've anointed them. I've spared that church. I've raised that church up. I've called that church. I've protected that church because I know that I can trust that church to do what I need done right now. Father, I do. I pray for any person that's watching that is not a believer that they would understand this is not the day to play with our salvation or anything, God, that's going on. You made this day, and, Lord, we are to rejoice, and that's more than just through worship or praise. God, we are to rejoice by bringing people into the family, realizing that God could have very well allowed this moment to drag on so that we could have people's ear. So, Lord, I pray in your name that you would save the lost, that you would meet needs, that you would heal the brokenhearted, that you would answer questions that people have or give them peace until you move in that way. And, Lord, we don't minimize people's suffering. God, we are to bear each other's burdens. And this church wants to be instrumental in doing that. And so God, use us, anoint us, take us and do what you want to do through our lives, through our church. Father, in all the things that you do for us, and it doesn't matter whether we call it good and the world calls it bad, we're going to give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen.